You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. everyone and welcome to another episode of the earth station one podcast happy new year everyone that's right 2023 is in the rearview mirror and hello 2024 we got a lot to talk all about and this is gonna be awesome because we are putting 2023 into the geek seat before it fades away into nothingness we're gonna tie it down strap it down you could might say and it's gonna be a ton of fun to be able to find out all our likes and dislikes and such. And it's going to be interesting to see because each one of us will have something different. I'm sure of it. And, you know, usually, you know, every once in a while we have something that crosses over, but that's the great thing about each one of us. We each have our own individual tastes. We have our individual likes, dislikes, and it's great to hear what it is. And, you know, I can, some of us can cheat and go, oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to cross that off my list and add it to the, you know, yeah. so it's going to be a ton I of fun. I might have done that once or twice. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> so it's going to be awesome to talk to everybody tonight. Uh, of course, we'd love to hear from you guys. Feedback at earthstation1.com. And you know what? We got a great crew to talk about it. Ashley Pauls is here tonight. Thank you. This is this and the summer movie preview are um, probably two of my favorite episodes to record each year. So I always appreciate the opportunity to talk about the year in review. Oh, totally understand that. It's going to be a ton of fun to be able to talk about this with each one of you. And like Ashley, this is great because, you know, these are when we get into detail and you find out some about our likes and dislikes and stuff, not just a solid review and everything like we do a lot of times or discussion. This is, you know, what affected us most this last year. So, and a lot happened in 2023 that we'll be talking all about. So, you know what? Are we the same people that we were when we first started the year? Hell no. No one is. So, it'll be very interesting to see if we grew up. Oh, what am I saying? We don't grow up. (laughs) No, 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 no. And of course, Mr. Mike Gordon is here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Jinx. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Man, I don't want to start off 2024 with a jinx (laughs) on my back. (laughs) This is going to be a fun one, my friend. Um, We're going to have multiple categories. Do you want to read the categories off first or just as we go along? I think we'll do it as we go along. I mean, most people, if they're in the know, they know that, you know, we do our approach to our best and worst of the year is a little bit different. We have a... Uh, a thing that we do on this show called the Geek Seat, where we put someone in the Geek Seat to find out what they like and what they don't like, what they're passionate about, and we sort of apply those those questions similarly. It's not identical, but similarly to to the year as a whole. So um, it's always fun to do that. And as you said, Mike, um, 
you know, our, our answers are going to be probably pretty varied. They're getting more and more varied over the course of, I think, each time we do this, not just because that we're different people and everything, but because the way that people consume media is so different now uh, than it was, you know, when we started this show 10, 13 years ago, whatever it's been, and and started doing the Geek Seat because now there's so many, you know, a lot of people aren't watching the same things mm-hmm. anymore. Like, and, you know, like there's going to be plenty of times where I'm going to be like, hey, I like this movie or I like this TV series. And you guys would be like, oh, that's good, but we haven't had a chance to watch this because we're watching this. And are, do you have this streaming service? No, I don't. I had to cut down. So I have this one. And, and so, and there's something right now, quality wise, I think, on almost every streaming platform that there is. Uh, and see, at least it seems to me that almost every single stra- streaming uh, service that I have right now, there's like three things or four things. And I'm like, oh, I want to watch that. I want to watch that. My cue at each one of them and my watch list, whatever you call it, is like, you know, huge in each one of these things. So a lot of great stuff out there. A lot of great stuff. And a lot of oh, not God, so good yes. stuff. So. So, um, uh, the, you know, the first thing, since we have Ashley here, I want to take a second, though, before we really get into the questions, uh, because, you know, we, we like to cover box office. We like to cover, um, you know, uh, ratings and, and how things are doing. Um, but just, you know, numbers aside, because I don't really want to feel like, you know, this is the episode to go through numbers. But numbers aside, Ashley, how do you feel that 2023 was in terms of content. It was very challenging because we had uh, work stoppages in the entertainment yes. industry. Um, so that obviously had its effect on, you know, things that were coming out and things that were scheduled to come out and will continue to do so this year as well. Yes. Um, the first few months of 2024 looked pretty bleak, actually. Um, uh, but uh, so, but how do you feel? Do you feel it was a good year for stuff? Did you did you feel like eh, there was just maybe every yeah? How did you feel? I would say it felt like maybe a little more of an off year, um, just based on years past. Some of that's unavoidable again because some of the delays with still catching up from COVID and with the strike in Hollywood. So some of that stuff that we were really looking forward to <clears throat> Dune, it's like nobody's fault that that <laughs> got pushed to the next year. But I feel like there were a lot of high profile releases that didn't really go anywhere. And I sense maybe a little more apathy from at least the amongst general public, general viewers towards some of these bigger franchises. Like I remember the excitement of the MCU and in game days and, Right or wrong, I don't think it, like the MCU didn't have quite as much momentum this year. And um, this was Disney's big 100-year anniversary. A lot of their stuff ended up underperforming. So I think there's still a lot of good content out there, but you maybe had to hunt a little bit harder for it. I feel like it the there weren't a lot of as many big blockbusters, things that everybody was talking about and super excited about. Yeah. Do you think there's just too much? content that very well could be i mean and things come and go in the theaters so quickly like sometimes there have been stuff that i might have wanted to go back and see again or things that didn't even come to my local uh, theater like i would have loved to see american fiction i keep checking showtimes every once in a while but i don't think it ever came to my local theater and so i think people are somewhat overwhelmed with all the streaming services and theaters so um yeah, I don't necessarily know what the solution is, but I don't think it was 
as big or exciting of a year as some past years I remember as a fan, but um, also a good opportunity to go back and maybe watch some, like you mentioned, catch up with some good things that have been released that we just haven't gotten to watch yet from past years and such. Yeah, you're so right about, I mean, you know, what? unfortunately, you know, Disney didn't have a great birthday year, a yeah. uh, hundred years. And then it, you know, it just seemed to, uh, you know, they, all of their releases were not well received. It seems like uh, box office wise, um, you know, I, you know, numbers aside, you know, when you can tell me that this movie failed, this movie failed, this movie failed. The thing that hit me the most, the hardest is when Ashley herself said, I'm not going to be, I'm not subscribing to Disney plus this yeah. for a little while. And I'm like, what? Like, I was like, I'm like, if, if Ashley's not subscribing to Disney plus, I'm like, man, they need to restructure and they need to figure out how to get her back. Yeah. Like I'm a card carrying, like <laughs> the quote unquote Disney adult. Wah, so I, uh... you know, basically Disney messed up that big time if they lost her. But there's always hope. Yeah. So this this will show up a little more in my list later. But yeah, I, I think that there's some interesting decisions to be made. But sometimes out of bleak times or hitting bottom, uh, creative things can flourish. So, Mike, we've been around the block a few times. What what? How do you feel like this this turn around the uh, the the sun went as far as uh, the the year that was in terms? You mean of the year of Barbie? Yeah. <laughs> year of, um, it, it literally was the year of Barbie this year. Yeah. And it's amazing because everything we probably had predicted and talked about for 2024, all the different Marvel projects, all these different things either got moved because of the strikes, because no one could have predicted at the beginning of the year that there was going to be a writer strike and then an actor strike on top of it that literally shut the whole industry down for months. And, you know, now we're almost starved for content and movies we thought that were going to be doing amazing in the theaters didn't because there wasn't promotion for it or proper openings. And it was just, it was really, it was really a weird year for that kind of stuff. And 2023, has a lot of high points, a lot of high points still. And we'll get into that in a few minutes. But it was just, you know, it was just an off year. And I'm glad to see it gone. And, you know, looking forward to seeing what's going to be happening. You know, this is the year AI really made its, you know, presence felt. And in some, a lot of good ways, but in a lot of bad ways too. So it's going to be interesting to see where it goes from here and what is it going to do. We've also had a lot of cult of personality for this this year. A lot of people, you know, who didn't deserve the attention getting the attention that they shouldn't have been getting. And um, how dare you speak of Taylor? Swift, I think she me. deserves everything she got. That woman works. <laughs> Harder than, you know, most people I know. So I think for those people out there, I think they're going to be shocked at how little Taylor Swift probably comes up in this in this episode, despite the fact that she was probably like the woman of the year in terms of everything mm -hmm. she did. Um, not exactly on no. our radar, but uh, but still my hats, my hats off to her. She uh, she she, she killed did. it. And it's amazing um, how 
um, how popular her concerts were. Her concert in Seattle set off the Richter scale in Seattle. Oh my, that's wild. That's, that's, that's how popular she, you know, it was and how energetic the crowds were. And it's just, it's just amazing to think about. And she became a billionaire because of her shows this year, not because of her record sales or anything, but because of her concert tours. And, you know, she's the media darling. She was the time person of the year, for gosh sakes. So it's. Yeah. And she also put her cat on the cover, which respect. Yeah. But there, she did the photo <laughs> shoot with her cat. Yeah, yeah. So. She, 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 well, she's one of those people that's actually really smart business wise, yes. mm-hmm. too. Um, you know, uh, very, very intelligent, very, very um, uh, trustworthy, I think, in terms of, you know, um, she builds the fan base and she doesn't let them down. Um, and, uh, she's not afraid to take risks, but they are calculated. Um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, uh, I think that, you know, Dolly Parton is kind of the same way Mm -hmm. where like, she'll take something that seems to be a disadvantage or whatever, and she'll just swing it around to an advantage. And, uh, she's just so savvy when it comes to, uh, putting herself And she put out, Dolly Parton put out an amazing rock album this year. She did. She, she did. did. She did. She took something that was like kind of a joke last year, like, oh, Dolly Parton's getting the Rock Hall of Fame to like she 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 owned it and she controlled it and she took care of she like took over that narrative and she made it into something that was really kind of special. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Pretty amazing what she did. So yeah, there's just some amazing stuff out there. And I'm looking forward to jumping in yeah. with this for both feet with you guys. Absolutely. So that's my cue to jump in with some feet now. Um, So our first category we're going to start with is uh, our favorite geek out moment. And this is our favorite geek out moment, something that happened. uh, Now, this is in relation to like content wise, something that you watched and you geeked out, something that you, uh, yeah, watched on, on the big screen, on the small screen, listened to, read, something that like Either it was a movie, a scene, a TV series, something that, uh, you know, you were like, that really just spoke to your inner geek and you were like so excited and and amazed by. Um, And uh, Ashley, we'll start with you. Yeah. So um, my favorite geek story of 2023 was something that wasn't even on my radar um, at the beginning of the year, but I got a chance to go see Godzilla minus one in theaters and was just blown away by how good that movie is. Um, it was one where after the first like 10 minutes or so, I wasn't even aware I was reading subtitles because I was just into the story. And it's amazing. I think what they were able to do on a relatively modest budget. Um, and the fact that this is one of the few Godzilla movies that I, I have seen, I've seen mostly the American Godzilla movies that I actually cared about the human characters and I thought they had a really in-depth and meaningful arc. And a lot of times you're kind of rooting for the monster because it's the most interesting part of the movie, but this time I was actually rooting for the humans. So um, I just thought it was great and it's wonderful to see um, cinema from different countries shared around and to see people get so excited about this. So I was uh, really blown away by it and really enjoyed it. And I was glad I got to see it in the theater because it was worth it to see it on the big screen. I didn't get to see it in IMAX, which I wish I would have, <laughs> but it was still still good in the theater. It didn't, you know, because it was a small release, 
it didn't really get a lot of IMAX release, like release. So I'm hoping that at some point it can be released. It's going to be kind of tough because the relationship Toho has with Legendary means mm. that they can't have any new release. They can't release anything for Godzilla uh, the same year oh, that Legendary does. Darn. And Legendary's got a big release for this year. That's why even though this year is an anniversary year for Godzilla, because the first movie was 1954. So this movie's the anniversary year. Toho wanted to do something. But they weren't able to release it this year. Mm. They had to release it early. I mean, earlier or later last year, I should say. And, uh, but it's a great movie. I mean, Mike and I, uh, we wish you were on that show. I do too. Mike and yeah. I loved it. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that, that show and reviewing it. It was, a you know, top notch movie. And it did a lot for, it was, it came at a time when American cinema was not, was kind of wavering a bit. And it was so wonderful to see for one weekend and one weekend only. It was really awesome to see Boy and the Heron be at the top of the number one spot in the U.S. box office and Godzilla minus one be number three. I mean, that's that's never happened before with any sort of foreign mm -hmm. language films at all. Um, that's awesome and and the hunger games came in at that number two spot in case anybody's wondering so like but but those were strong enough to contend with yeah. the hunger games and that's that's saying a lot and and man uh it's such a unique and great story that that was was there at the end of the year i think as far as box office numbers were not great but yet we still had some really great interesting successes there yeah, no. um, Mike, any thoughts on Godzilla no. Minus One before it, we Godzilla Minus One was on my list, actually. It was one of my honorable mentions. And how powerful and how out of nowhere it came. Mm -hmm. I was not expecting, like Ashley, I was not expecting to fall in love with that movie as much as I did. And it made my number one list, you know, on, on my top ten for the year. So, you know, mm -hmm. that's how powerful it was. And if we can somehow go see it in black and the black and white version of it when it comes mm, out, yes, I, that should, that should be, be it. I hope they do that. Like me, even if it's just a one night mm -hmm. only thing, like that would still be. Oh, especially on the big screen, especially on the big screen. Yeah, but yeah, it was wonderful to see. And you know, for me, one of the geek out moments was when Godzilla powered up for the first time. And oh my god, and, yeah. and the fins all rose, and it was like lock and load type. And you hear it go, <laughs> and you saw it glow, and the, the sound because the nuclear power was building in them, and, and that was just so amazing. And it was, and you actually cared for the humans in it, which was, you know, that was made it even more powerful. And you know, bravo, bravo. And like you said, this is the first. Japanese Godzilla movie I actually got to see in the theaters also. So it was, it was mm, worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was my number one movie of the year too. So, um, I, I couldn't, yeah. I mean, and, and as, uh, as our guest pointed out when we reviewed it at the time, it was a movie that was so good. You didn't even mm -mm. need Godzilla. Right. Yeah. Um, I would have watched just the human drama. Right. But it was cool. The yes. Godzilla was there. <laughs> no complaints that Godzilla was there. No. Godzilla was not complaining great. once. <laughs> that's that's what put it in the like, you know, top of my my list because I was like, yeah, this is a good movie, but it's got Godzilla too. <laughs> so, Mike, what about you? What was your favorite? My favorite movie? geek out moment is not going to be that much of a surprise to many people, 
Um, seeing the 14th doctor do a bi generation instead of a regeneration um, on the doctor who 60th anniversary, third part of the giggle. And it was a great surprise. There had been rumors going on that somehow there was going to be a split regeneration of some kind that tenant and Tate were going to go off and do the, another series or something. And we, on the show, we were both all like, oh, hell no, that's cheating. No, 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 no. On Earth, if you listen to Earth Station Who, which I highly do strongly recommend that you do listen to that show. But it's always, you know, we're opinionated about certain things about Doctor Who. And Russell T has what? done this before where, you know, back in David Tennant's era, um, they had a doctor, what they call the Dr. Donna, Dr. Hand type thing where um, he regenerated, he passed the regeneration to a hand that had been severed um, earlier in his run. And it became a version of the doctor. So they kind of cheated and did that before. But this was completely different because instead of having Tennant change into Shudigatwa, they split. And it was so well done. I didn't care. I was like, okay, I can do with this. I can do it. The explanation, the story from that point on, it was great to get a new doctor with still a, almost a quarter of the episode left of the series instead of he changes at the very end and they go to be continued into so he can sleep through the whole next episode or something like that, that they've done. So it was very, very well done. And I am super excited about seeing Shooty as the next doctor. We'll talk about that. I'm sure later on in the episode. So because I, I have a feeling he'll come back up again. It's uh it's likely yeah it's likely it's likely uh for me my geek out moment um was uh, a combination of something that happened on screen and something that happened off screen and that was uh barbenheimer Mm -hmm. um you know we were talking about our predictions and going in and going forward and trying to look at what was going to happen and everything like that the barbenheimer to me was one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen happen in the movies um, it was completely, uh, grassroots in terms of, it was not a marketing ploy by the studios. Uh, in fact, both studios, from my understanding, were really trying to compete against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not want everybody to, to link these two movies <laughs> together, um, in any way, shape or form. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they sort of, you know, but they were such an odd combination of, of things, you know, coming together that, uh, people just responded to it. They just thought it was, uh, this kind of really unique, cool thing. Memes were all over the place. A lot of cartoons, a lot of drawings, a lot of people, I mean, going to the theater and seeing the energy, seeing so many people there, Wanting to see it in true IMAX, wanting to see it like, you know, wearing, wearing costumes, wearing pink, you know, wearing, wearing, I mean, I, you know, there was some Oppenheimer costumes, I'm sure. Making sure that you saw them both, mm-hmm. maybe the same day, the same weekend, you know, that is, you know, for, 
for looking at the landscape of last year, as far as going to the movie theater, it seemed like a lot of times it was like pulling teeth. You know, people were looking for just an excuse not to. It's going to be streaming. It's not, I've heard it's not that good. Blah, blah, blah. Like uh, any excuse not to go see a movie at the theater. Um, and yet Barbenheimer gave reasons for everybody to want to go to the theater, no matter what your age, no matter, you know, what orientation you were, whatever, you were going to have a good time at the theater. Um, and uh, they're two completely different oh, yeah. movies, but both of them made my top 10. So they're both solid movies too. It's not, you can't do this with two movies that are not good or a movie that's mm -hmm. not good and a movie that's good. Like it just doesn't work that way. Right. Like um, now granted in the box office number wise and all that, you know, Barbie, like just, you know, won, won the, won the year as far as that goes. Uh, but they both got a boost from this this sort of campaign, this sort of movement that just came from people who wanted to just have fun going to the movie theater. I mean, that's just, that to me is like such a beautiful thing. Um, uh, I haven't seen that in a long, long time. I don't know when we'll see it again. I know the studios are going to try to figure out a way mm -hmm. to manufacture it for this year, next year, what have you. It's going to fail uh, because, you know, people know People can tell when it's when it's not heartfelt, when it doesn't, you know, when it's forced on them. Um, and, uh, you know, I give a credit to everybody involved, everybody involved. There's a really, really cool uh, interview. Uh, Variety's been doing these really, really cool interviews that they've been releasing on YouTube with actors, with actors and all that kind of thing. And they have uh, Cillian Murphy and Margot Robbie uh in an interview one-on-one -on -one for about 45 minutes or whatever and they're talking about their they're talking about barbenheimer they're talking mm -hmm. about the the phenomenon they're talking about their respected movies and all that and they both seem like lovely people and you know what they got chemistry if i was a studio i would be trying to look for a project to have them in it together because i think with the right project man that could that could get people excited yeah. again to go to the movies Agreed. uh you don't need a that's you know that's you don't need a sequel to Barbenheimer, you know, but that would be something that I think people would be like, we want to see these two together. Uh, and, um, and I think it could work. The right project could, could do that. I, I don't know. You know, I doubt that's in the cards, but if I was, if I was running a studio, if I was, you know, if I had any power in Hollywood, I would try to make that happen. Uh, so that's uh that's my pick for, for my favorite geek out moment because it was just so cool. It was just such a cool thing. It was that awesome happened. going to the um, theaters and seeing all the girls dressed as Barbie, old, young, middle aged. It was great to see so much pink. Didn't matter yep, what color they exactly. were. You know, it was wonderful. Uh, I mean, it really, it really crossed over there because everybody, you know, I think, you know, not only did everybody, uh, everybody familiar with Barbie, whether you played with them or whether your sister played with them or whether you just knew about them, everybody knew knows about Barbie and everybody knows about the bomb. <laughs> so you've got two things that people are pretty familiar with and uh, one way or another. And, and exactly like, you know, how that played out was just, was just mm -hmm. so wonderful. I agree. So uh, now we're going to get to our least favorite geek out. Moment. This is probably our moment of most disappointment when we were watching something. 
Uh, Mike, I'm going to start with you. What was your what, what, what turned your geek off? The train, the train wreck that was the Flash. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, there were so many high hopes for this movie, and it had been cursed from the very, very beginning. Um, so many different rewrites, so many different directors, so many failed attempts to bring this to life and then the issues with the lead actor and you know it's this was michael keaton coming back as batman there was so much hype around that and it was so disappointing <laughs> of ev everything about the movie just was not good and it hasn't even aged properly i tried to rewatch it on max a couple weeks ago and i couldn't even wow. i i couldn't do i couldn't i was hoping <laughs> it had you know maybe my memory was you know jaded or something no it wasn't i didn't make it all the way through that's how bad it got and it was you know, even scenes, I remember, I went back and listened to our episode when we reviewed it. And, you know, the things I said, oh, I liked about it. I don't like anymore. Me, no, 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 like, that's how bad it's gotten. And, you know, the one thing I still loved about it was spoiler at the end on the big surprise on who was Batman. Or I should say Bruce Wayne uh, at the very end was a nice little twist. I think that was my favorite part in rewatching it. And it, 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 everything felt forced. Everything, nothing felt natural. And there was so much potential for this. There could have been so great, you know, and why couldn't they have just brought Grant in as the flash? That would have made it so much better. So, but no, um, that was my train wreck. That took me to completely out of geekdom. And it put a sour taste for all superhero movies for the rest of the year, I realized, after that. And I did enjoy Blue Beetle. I did enjoy Marvels. But, and I loved Loki on um, yes. Disney. But anything DC's going to be doing is going to be jaded. You know, James Gunn has a lot to, you know, do to to bring DC back. And I'm going to be very jaded going into it and everything. And I like James Gunn. Don't get me wrong, but he has a lot to prove after all this crap. Yeah. Well, I mean, Flash no, wasn't it hit. wasn't. So no, I, I blame um, Zach so, still I mean, on that. A, so it's okay. Right. Right. Um, yeah. We talked a little bit about Marvel, uh, about Disney rather not having a great year. Uh, DC had four releases this year, which I think is the most they've had in a long time, if ever. Um, I saw three of them, and uh, I still think Shazam is a worse movie than Flash. Uh, but um, but you know, uh, but I'm but, but you know what? So bad, it's you know? not a it's yeah. not a huge cut. It, there's not a huge yeah. difference. Crap only falls. <laughs> it's like so the battle the of like so there yeah. You go. That's not a battle I want to spend no. time watching or, or talking about because it's just like, ugh, yeah, no, no, thank you. I did like Blue Beetle a lot. 
Um, and uh, but that soured our view towards seeing yeah. Aquaman. Uh, and, uh, it didn't sour my view towards Marvel. I still think the Marvel releases were pretty solid overall this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Flash was not yeah. great. And it, it, and it for 2024, been... we, we don't have any DC stuff, I think, coming our way. And, uh, not, not officially. Right. I mean, we have the Joker movie. Right. But that's out. not, yeah. Uh, this year. And then you also, and then Marvel, the only movie. Yeah, just one. So we are taking a bit of a break, uh, cinematic wise. You know, so hopefully that'll help refresh everybody. Actually, what if has refreshed uh, my palate with Marvel? True story. What if is really solid? Yeah, yeah. Um, Ashley, what about you? What was your most disappointing geek out moment? Well, I'm going to continue the trend of talking about superhero movies, and mine was uh, Ant Man: Quantumania. I am a right off the bat. Yep, yep. So um, I, <laughs> I really love Paul Rudd as um, Ant Man. I think it was a great casting. The first Ant Man is one of my favorite MCU movies. Still, all these years later, and I was super excited. They're going to the quantum realm. It's going to be trippy. It's going to be bringing some sci-fi. Um, but yeah, the the film. I thought the special effects were somewhat dodgy which as i understand is not necessarily the creative team's fault it's i understand there was some rushing and trying to get too many projects through at the same time so maybe they didn't have as much time to focus on that and then the story modok looks so bad yeah and i i hated everything about modok (laughs) it's gonna be the worst image in my head from this 2023 it will haunt my nightmares for the rest of my life so thank you for that disney and um and something that else is unfortunate is that one of the bright spots was kang but of course now we have the uh, lost in the sentencing of Jonathan Majors and mm-hmm. you know is King even going to be part of the MCU so I feel like Quantumania was unfortunately just a dumpster fire I saw it once in the theater I haven't watched it on Disney Plus I don't think I'll necessarily ever watch it again so which is something I always hate to say about a Marvel movie because they've given us so many great projects over the years but Ant-Man 3 was unfortunately not one of them yeah yeah um, uh, while you both have uh, severe superhero fatigue, uh, there is some medication for that, which are coming out with next year or this year. So you should be happy about that. So um, my uh, most disappointing geek out moment uh, will be no surprise to anybody, especially anybody who listened to our box office predictions <laughs> for the year of 2023, the summer, because the movie that I was looking forward to the most was not a train wreck. But it was it was lacking, and that was Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, Indiana Jones is one of my favorite characters of all time. Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite movie of all time. Um, I haven't liked some of the subsequent Indiana Jones movies. Um, I do like Last Crusade a lot, uh, but the others are kind of f- flat, if not worse, to me. Um, and I was really hoping that this was, since it was a, uh, odd numbered <laughs> movie in the, in the, in the franchise, that it was going to be a different special. Um, it was at least going to be better than the last one. And I can say that I did enjoy it better than Crystal Skull. Um, uh, however, that 
just, you know, that's not a high bar to shoot for in my head, in my mind. Um, it should have been a magical experience and it was, it was, you know, it was, it was okay. Uh, but that, you know, for any other movie, that's great. Indiana Jones, not mm-hmm. good enough. Yeah. Especially for the send off. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. For the send off of Harrison Ford. Um, I felt like the, a lot of the other characters that they put in there, uh, the older characters, the, the, the ones from the franchise, whether it's Marianne or Sala or whatever, were just kind of put in and forced in there. Um, the new characters, as much as I, you know, kind of enjoyed them, they didn't really, they didn't wow me. Um, none of this is any of the actors' faults. It's just, it just wasn't a great script. And uh, the action sequences were not that fun and exciting uh you know um there wasn't the the awful cg fest that crystal skull was but it was just you know it just wasn't good enough um and you know you've got to set that high high bar if you're doing these things um i think and uh yeah it's just that was disappointing to me um and a lot of people you know were not excited to see it um and so it didn't do well either um and you know it, it, who knows what this means for the franchise mm-hmm. uh, they just put out a documentary on disney plus a great documentary actually on the indiana jones franchise and it's basically an indiana jones documentary and a harrison ford documentary because they kind of talk about his career overall and how the two are linked and it basically says that indiana jones is harrison ford harrison ford is indiana jones mm-hmm. Harrison Ford doesn't want to do Indiana Jones anymore. So there will not be any more Indiana Jones movies like ever. I think that's a mistake. Mm -hmm. I do think this is a character that can go on most like a lot of other characters if the right people are involved. But unfortunately the right people were not involved in this last one. And if that continues, then yes, I'd rather it stay dead Mm -hmm. than, you know, to come out with the disappointing. I don't disagree with that at all. And, you know, there's so many possibilities of things they can do with the franchise still. And I think, I think it's a viable one. I agree completely. And, you know, there's so many tales of Indiana Jones that they can tell. And, you know, yeah, Harrison Ford is done with it, but you know, bring in somebody else. You know, they do need yeah, a complete exactly. reboot. Um, a complete reboot, but um, you know, uh, if they're listening, Disney, um, I have some ideas. So I'm, I'm, you know, Kathleen Kennedy, whoever's in charge, uh, I'll be pleased to 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 want you know call me. We can set up a meeting. Um, have your and, people uh, call his people. I think I can know, basically. I, I, I have some idea. I have no problem. Okay. So just call me. Um, <laughs> direct. Go direct. <laughs> so you could just call me. Um, but uh, I, uh, I think the franchise can be saved. Um, and I've got some ideas on that front. So uh, I would be more than happy to uh, put my fedora in the ring for that. But um, in the meantime, uh, yeah, we'll see what, where, where it goes from here. So, all right. So the next category that we have is our favorite character, either real or fictional, from 2023. And uh, I, I, I guess it's my turn. I will go first. Uh, my favorite character from 2023 is a fictional character. Um, and it is Charlie Kale. That is mine Hopeless. too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> um, what a 
a refreshing character. This is Poker Face is my favorite TV series of the year. Um, I just loved it. I love the format. I love what um, uh, the creators did. And I, I really like uh, Natasha Leone. I, I say that Charlie Kale is my favorite character, but obviously it's Natasha Leone that it's bringing that character to life. And so I was familiar with Natasha Leone, some of her other work before, but not a lot. But man, she just lights up the screen with Poker Face. She lights up every scene she's in. Um, and the character is just fun to watch, how she reacts to things. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, a, it's definitely a, a show that's done in the style of old TV, you know, detective shows. It's compared to Columbo a lot, which is fair, I think, but it's not a clone of Columbo at all. Um, it's its own thing. You don't have to watch Columbo to understand how good, you know, Poker Face is. Um, and I, I, you know, I don't know if this, I know that the, we're supposed to get more. I don't know if we're going to get more this year. Uh, I'd like to think so because I, I can't get enough of Charlie Kale. I think she's, I think she's established not only as a great character that I want to see on Poker Face, but I mean, I would, you know, if someone did a, a Charlie Kale novel, I would be all over that. Like, I mean, she's just a great character that I think will could live on even beyond, you know, the series if, if they wanted to, like if they had a Charlie Kale movie, I would go to that in a heartbeat. Like, it's just, it's, it's really fun. Uh, but Mike, m more on Charlie oh, Kale from you. Extremely. So, you know, T Natasha Leone is just a fabulous actress. I discovered her, you know, orange is the new black. And of course, um, what was it? American pie. But I really fell in love with her her acting when she did a wonderful show on Netflix. It was, of course, Russian Doll was an amazing, amazing series. And if you haven't had a chance to catch it, she cr helped create it. Um, and it it's a wonderful series. Had two seasons. And first season is stronger than the second. But the second one's still very, very good. And then when I heard she was joining up with Ryan, it was just amazing to hear about this, you know, the throwback of the series of what they wanted to do and a, like a detective story, but with a modern twist and the human lie detector was just awesome. Mm -hmm. was just an awesome Great. concept. And I loved, you know, she's flawed. She's not perfect. And I love that. You know, she pulls it off and I'm looking forward to when they get around to season two and I have heard they are working on season two. So it is coming our way. And just the character was refreshing. It was nice to see someone like this. And out of everyone I've met, you know, on TV, movies, she was the one that stood out for me. And this was at first I was like, who can I think of? And she was the very first, you know, early, you know, this is January, you know, early in the year that we got this for her to be that strong to carry all the way through 2023 was just awesome. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, definitely I agree with what Mike said. So, you know, and, and I'm shocked we actually did the same one. That's awesome. 
I know. I know. I mean, and, and you pointed out too, and I need to give credit, not just to Natasha Leon, but to mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson for co-creating the character. And, 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 you know, he had a big hand in creating obviously the Knives Out movies and working on that, you know, with that detective and with Daniel Craig on that. So it's not something that, yeah, exactly. So, uh, and you know, if we get uh, Blanc and Kale on a oh case God. together on the big screen wow. or whatever, come on, man. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's just it, it it it's just fun to think about and contemplate. And there weren't too many characters that hey. uh, this year that came out that I that I really that went really yeah. well. And like but at least there wasn't anything that Charlie Kale did. Oh, one more thing before I go. You know, I have one more question for you. <laughs> No, no. She just always had that look. I mean, that look on her face when she realizes that someone is lying is so good. I mean, it's so it's so wonderful. And and and, and she's such a good character that no matter even if the story's kinda like, eh, it's okay. Like some are better than others, but she's well, always the one thing I loved about the series also was how the series the episodes start all the way through the first break. And then after the first break then it shows where Charlie comes into the picture and she's been in the picture yes. the whole time you've been watching it, but just behind the scenes and not knowing it. Right. Right. Yeah. And then we see exactly. it from her point of view. Which is really yeah, cool. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Ashley, what about you? What's a, what's a favorite character of yours this year? Man, well, I feel like I'm missing out. I have sadly not seen Poker Face yet, but it sounds like I should put that at the top of the queue. So I think you would enjoy it. Sounds like a lot of fun. But in terms of the new characters that I liked this year, I wanted to give a shout out to the um, ensemble in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I thought that movie was so lighthearted. It was a lot of fun. It was just a great fantasy adventure movie as um, someone that has fond memories of playing D&D in the past. I feel like I have either played or been on campaigns with people who played characters like that. And you could tell the actors were just having a great time and it was fun seeing a whole crew of people. No one necessarily stole the spotlight. It was everybody together, just having a good time making a movie. So I really enjoyed getting to see them interact together. Um, I don't know that I necessarily need to see them again because I think it would be fun to have a whole new um, cast of actors in the next D and D movie. But I thought that was, it was a fun, feel good movie. And um, one of my favorite movies of the year ended up being. It was great. I, I, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta hold back my surprise that you mentioned that, that Chris Pine was one of your favorite. I know. I know. It's like, should I shout out Chris (laughs) Pine specifically? But it's like, Oh, they know that already. So (laughs) that's, Hey, hey, and but he was great. Sadly, in it. Even, he was even great my, in yes, although he couldn't quite save Disney's wish, even though he he was trying his darndest, but he he ended up voicing the villain. And he <laughs> can't do everything. Movie, so that's right. You gotcha, know, nobody gotcha, nobody gotcha. can carry the whole movie all the time. So yeah, yeah. Don't put that burden on him. But uh, (laughs) no, that was a good movie. It seems like such a long time ago. (laughs) It does. I had to think about like, was that actually this year? Is that a 2023 movie? So it it was, but it feels like a lot longer than just March. 
Um, any other like runners up that anybody wants to mention as for this category for for characters that because uh, I, I feel like there's a lot that we could probably oh yeah mention, well right? earlier I mentioned the fifteenth Doctor Shudi Gatwa and yes. he shined in that first appearance and it was so refreshing and so strong to see him come on board and you know take full control in his premiere episode and then having the Christmas special to follow it up. And he already felt comfortable in the role of the doctor. And then the introduction, of course, of Ruby Sunday on the, you know, on the Christmas special and the chemistry between the two of them is just awesome. But I've heard complaints about him from, you know, older Doctor Who fans. This is not my Doctor anymore. This is not my generation. And doc- the Doctor changes each time, and he's supposed to relate to different areas. And, you know, maybe this might not be your Doctor. This might not be your era of Doctor Who. Or, you know, if they, you know, keep watching Doctor Who's about change. Doctor Who, every episode is different anyway. And I think Shooty's Doctor has such a new energy, but with an old person's feel to it. And he Mm, has such control already of the Doctor. And I'm truthfully looking forward to what they're going to do with it and, and see him grow even further as an actor, which, you know, he's young. He's in his 20s still. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing. Baby. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is funny coming from Ashley, too, you know. Which is... <laughs> yeah, the, the, the 20s are in the rearview mirror for me at this point. So, yeah. <laughs> He's just mm, So, it's I'm looking forward to seeing over the next couple of years of, of his character and the actor grow. And, you know, I'm excited about this. That's why he got an honorable mention from me. Yeah. A good call to, to such a bold choice. I think it's, I think it is um, the most challenge, the most different, I should say, the, 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 the biggest leap that they've ever done as far as the, not just obviously, you know, you look at the color, you look at the sexual preference and all that kind of stuff, but that's regardless, I think. But as far as the attitude goes, it seems like a, a completely different person mm-hmm. in many, many, many ways. And yet, they're still able to keep that core of it is the doctor. Like when he says, I'm the doctor, mm-hmm. I believe him. And that's, that's amazing. I, I, I credit everybody involved for, for that. I just uh, really loved seeing the joy on his face. Like as he was performing, like this is an actor who's excited to be here, who really wants to do this and just his energy and enthusiasm and like sense of positivity and hope, which I think is something that we all kind of need in the world right now. So I think this is, this is the right time for his doctor. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Um, All right. So we'll move on to our uh, least favorite character uh, this year. Uh, Mike, you want to go? Oh, sure. I'll be glad to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you look like you're ready to first. start it off. <laughs> I, re- I originally was, I was originally was going to because this is real or fictional, and truthfully, I was going to get into politics, but I've decided 
I don't want to go start off 2024 with a bad taste in my mouth with, you know, getting into any kind of politics or anything like that. So pushing that out to the side and everything. So my least favorite characters of 2023 are the folks at Warner Brothers Discovery. They have this past year totally destroyed HBO Max and just made it into Max and brought in uh, Discover, the Discovery Channel, merged it with that and canceled a lot of really good programming that was already on HBO and brought in a lot of garbage reality shows or home who home done it you know shows and everything DYI or whatever you know house hunters and you know fix it or lose it or crap like that it's like if i wanted to see that i would have stuck with discovery or hgtv or one of those things and they're just making some really crappy decisions over there and i'm just really disappointed at what was a really good you know you know channel or streaming channel is now almost horrible to watch in a lot of ways and you know it's not my first choice anymore to go watching stuff you know i'll rather go watch apple plus which is bringing so much quality stuff to the air and you know or i'll look on Hulu or, you know, and, you know, some of the other streaming services I subscribe to more than Max. And it's just not worth it, you know, in a lot of ways. And I'm just real disappointed. And, you know, it just puts a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, Zaslav. And, you know, it may be, I mean, if the rumors are true and it goes through, he may be in charge of the Paramount stuff, too. Don't fuck with Star Trek, dude. Don't fuck with Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I will surely show you where boldly you can go where no one has gone before. No. Okay. All right. Uh, Ashley. <laughs> uh, well, uh, <laughs> mine is uh, not quite that in as intense, but um, so my favorite characters is an ensemble. Unfortunately, my least favorite characters are also an ensemble and, um, um, my negative shout out is to the uh, characters of Rebel Moon. I was really looking forward to this movie. The trailer looked super cool on Netflix. I'm always here for original, um, big budget sci-fi space opera. But unfortunately, the characters felt like something that was from a rough draft but never got developed. They're basically all cardboard cutouts, which is... A shame because there's a lot of um, high-profile actors and performers in this, but the characters basically, again, I think rough draft is the best word for it. It's um, a lot of just stereotypes, very flat cardboard cutout characters, and which is really a shame because it just brings the film down. You can't have a compelling story if you don't care about the characters. So I was really looking forward to that movie, but the characters just just didn't do it for me, unfortunately. Ouch, ouch. Well, I have yet to see it. Uh, I don't know. I'm not in any rush. Let's put it that way. Uh, I, it, I it'll still be there on things. Netflix. So, um, <laughs> Forever. Yes. So, yeah, you, you can wait. Yes. Uh, my least favorite character for the year um, comes from the world of sports entertainment. And his name is CM Punk. 
You've always hated CM Punk. Uh, you have not liked him. I, uh, yeah, I've never loved CM Punk, but um, I, uh, I've never understood what the big hype is for CM Punk. And I still don't. Um, and, you know, he came uh, back into pro wrestling at AEW. And I think he only lasted about, I don't even know if it was six months uh, there before uh, it just, you know, he, he burned all that, those bridges and, and everything inside. It, you know, he, he is like a cancer when it comes to behind the scenes. Um, and uh, I just don't think, you know, he might be, he does have some skills on the mic. I will give him credit where credit's due. He does have some skills in the ring, um, but he's not the best in the world despite his moniker of that. Um, and he's certainly not worthy of the chance that he gets from every like person in a stadium that every place he goes. Um, I'm over him. Uh, I was hoping that after he left AEW, I'm sorry, after he was fired from AEW, that we would never see him again. And then he ends up signing a really fat deal with WWE. Um, I'm disappointed in the WWE for hiring him. I get it. He's box office, he's money, he's ticket sold. I get that aspect of it, but I don't think in the end, I don't think at the end of the day, it's worth it to have him on the roster. Uh, I mean, I think WWE is probably strong enough that it can withstand someone like him, as opposed to, you know, other companies that he's been with that probably weren't not as structured as well. Uh, but I, you know, I just don't get it. I don't understand why everybody's so hyped about him and I just don't think it's worth it. So I was not great. I was not, you know, thrilled to see him return. And I'm sure in 2024, he's going to, he's going to probably be the main event at WrestleMania and he's probably going to win the title from someone like Seth Rollins, who does not deserve to get beat by a guy like that. So um, I just, ugh, I can't stand him. I can't stand him. Uh, so, all right. Do we have any other honorable mentions or dishonorable mentions? I should say. <laughs> all right. Yeah. The less, the, the more, the better. Right. All right. So now we're going to go to our favorite word, phrase, quote, or pose. Ashley, we're going to start with you on this one. Yeah. So several years back, I started the tradition of picking a word at the beginning of the year to kind of guide and symbolize how I want to grow as a person. So this year I picked the word pause just because we live in such a fast paced world. There's so much coming at us all the time. And so I wanted to be more mindful and just take time to pause and how that impacts me as a geek um, is just taking more time to dive into stories. And that's part of what led to my decision to pause my Disney plus account because I found myself just overwhelmed with content. I was getting grumpy about it, not engaged with it. And it's like, I just need to step away. So I took a break from it. I engaged with some other content, kind of got that creative spark again, found stories that I was passionate about, and then was able to return and catch up on some of those series. But um, kind of in light of that, that has inspired my word for 2024 as well, which is going to be Simplify. And this year... I've made the decision to just sign up for one streaming service at a time, which sounds kind of crazy, but, and it will, by the end of the year, probably just be one. Yeah. You know, right. So yeah, (laughs) it will be one streaming service, but it'd be called cable. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. We'll just, it's full circle. So, um, 
but yeah, I, that will sort of limit my ability to be part of like of the week conversations, which is a bummer, but, um, I wanted to just kind of go through and more just like mindfully engage with content and um, really focus on different types of stories. So that's kind of one of my geekdom goals for the year. Interesting. I will uh, be curious to see how that uh, that goes for you this year, because, yeah, that's a challenge. I don't think I mean, obviously, if I had to, I had to, but um, I can't, you know, I'm like, man, if I just had one streaming service, that would. Wow. Do you, okay. Are you just streaming? Um, we do not have cable. So, um, and part of that also is I, um, I know I feel like I sound like a paid promoter of the AMC A-list program, but I want to get out to see more movies in the theater and see different types of movies. So that was part of it too. Some, I want to get out and see more movies in person in the theater. So, um, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll see how that all works out and how my, uh, resolve may waver as some of my favorite shows start coming out at the same time. But that's at least my, <laughs> my concept and goal for the year. So try trying something new for, for a little while. I think you're okay. Because like I said, due to the various strikes and everything, the content that's being released in, the, in the, at least the first half of the year looks pretty sporadic so um so yeah it definitely feels like you can you can definitely um pick and choose uh more easily uh for for this this first half of the year uh, mike what about you you got a favorite word phrase quote yeah pose? i got a quote it is this isn't goodbye it's just for well for now but we'll be back together soon then you know Maybe it might not be how you might expect it, but we will be back. I can't tell you anything further about that. Spoilers. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's There's going to be a lot of change for, like Ashley said, for 2024. It's going to be something vastly different for a lot of people. There's a lot of different choices out there nowadays and how you choose it and such and you might have to step away from something and i saw the quote and it was just like that pretty much spelled out how 2024 is going to be going for me so it's gonna be very very interesting is it from something mm -hmm. it's a quote i read in a book so gotcha mm -hmm. gotcha sounds because it does sound yep. vaguely familiar uh to me so um that's cool that's cool. I guess we'll get more on that thing too. Um, yeah, you know, there was a lot of like smart screenplays this year. Um, uh, a lot of stuff that came out. Um, Fall the House Usher had a lot of lot of great uh, dialogue. Um, a particular monologue from Bruce Greenwood playing Roderick Usher that uh, has to do with lemonade. Uh, you know, the whole, um, when life, uh, hands you lemons, make lemonade. I won't go into it here because it was too long. Uh, it's too long to repeat here. And I would not be able to do it near the justice that Bruce Greenwood did. So I definitely recommend people seek that out. If not the whole series, cause it was one of my favorites of the year, but also, uh, just that segment. Um, but when it came down to it, uh, when I was thinking about it, I was like, well, it's not a, it's not a word phrase quote it's kind of a pose but it's a hug 
Um, one of the scenes that resonated with me the most this year was in the third of the Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials. Um, when, as Mike pointed out earlier, when we get two doctors, uh, they're split up and it's 15th and 14th. And there's a scene where at the, towards the end of the episode where 14 looks kind of dejected because they didn't, they weren't able to save everybody. Some people died over the course of this mm -hmm. adventure. And the 15th doctor marvelously played by, as we pointed out, Shudi Gatwa, uh, turns to him and says, uh, you can't save everyone, which is a very cliched response. We've all heard that before, mm -hmm. but then he gives him a hug. And it just felt we've never seen, I don't know if we've ever seen the doctor get like that sort of compassionate hug before. And there seemed to be such a, a weight to it that in a special moment that it seems like, you know, we all could use a hug like that, especially in the times that we're in. Um, it was a very reassuring hug. And uh, it's probably one of the most meaningful hugs I've ever seen on, on the screen. And it's really interesting when you compare that uh, to the fact that, you know, during Stephen Moffat's run, I think it's the, was it the 13th Doctor? It's the 12th Doctor. 12th Doctor, who, who says, never trust a hug. It's just a way to hide your face. And so here's a character that, you know, a few years ago was saying, don't trust a hug to like willing to give a hug and and to himself which is just you know it it's just one of those moments that has so many layers to it and really brilliantly done and uh it really stayed with me so so for all those people out there um for 2023 no matter how good or bad it was for you and going into 2024 um i'm giving you all a big hug Aww, virtual big softy Big softy. All right. So now we're getting to our favorite geek out moment in real life. Uh, Michael, okay. My favorite geek out moment was something I didn't expect to happen, but it was one of the most incredible feelings I've ever felt in my life was watching Bruce Springsteen personally connect with each person in the audience in concert. It felt like you were doing a three hour sermon at the church of springsteen basically and the energy the feeling every single person in that state farm arena where i saw him was connected to him and everyone was riveted and the energy the the springsteen in his early 70s is putting on one of the most amazing shows non-stop over three hours each show and you know literally no opening band just him and the e street band and it is just amazing to see you know it's like i wish i had half the energy that man had and i'm in my 50s you know <laughs> so it's pretty amazing to see and it it, it geeked me out beyond belief without anything for real life I have heard, and and on this recent tour, I've heard it before, but I've heard it even just on this recent tour, uh, that even if you're not like totally into Bruce Springsteen, 
going to a Bruce Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen and E Street Band show is almost like a, dare I say it, like a oh, religious experience. It's a spiritual the church, event. The church of like it, it, it is, it is, it is amazing mm-hmm. to be. Exactly. Um, and, uh, yeah, I have not yet ever had the honor to do that. Um, <laughs> as was quite the news, uh, tickets are rather difficult and expensive to try to come by, uh, to see him. Uh, I don't but, um, mortgage the yeah, house. It's okay, but you know? and, and considering <laughs> how many live shows you see a year, which is probably like close to 60 <laughs> <laughs> if not more um the, the fact that one in particular stood out more than the others is, is oh, pretty amazing i have a top 10 itself. list of you know favorite movies favorite tv shows favorite concerts and springsteen by far was yeah. way up number one number two was the cure and awesome. you know robert smith and his crew put on an amazing amazing show and they almost played for two and a half hours. And it was, but Springsteen had everyone in the palm of his hand. And that's what was, just made it more amazing. Yeah. I, uh, that's amazing. I, uh, that's awesome. Uh, I don't even, I couldn't do a top 10 list of shows because I think I don't even think I've been to 10 of them live shows. And I like doing the live shows, but mm-hmm. I just don't. I haven't done as many as nobody does as many as oh, you. Oh, I. <laughs> but it's your I mean, thing. It's I what we it. do. We don't have a kid anymore, so we, you know, we go see live music. Ashley, what about you? What was your favorite geek out moment? Yeah, so um, my favorite was getting to see two of the cast members of Star Trek: The Original Series speak in person at separate times: William Shatner and George oh Decay. Um, the Star Trek original, yeah, think nice, nicely done. Uh, the <laughs> Star Trek original series is a really important and personal part of my Star Trek fandom story, and um, I hold those original cast and crew near and dear to my heart. I didn't get a chance to see some of the original cast members who passed, um, so. When uh, William Shatner came to my regional con, my dad and I knew that however long we had to stand in line, we were going to stand in line to see uh, William Shatner speak. And it was it was a very William Shatner experience. It was kind of what I expected. I think he maybe only answered a couple questions. He basically just kind of like free form, just like flowing thoughts, told stories. But it was so cool to see him. And then um, George Takei, I was fortunate enough, he came as a special guest speaker to the university where I work. And he talked about um, some of his history growing up and um, the prejudice against Japanese Americans, which is a, I believe, an under-discussed uh, portion of history. So it was just really powerful and sobering to hear him talk about this in his words. And um so, yeah, I just definitely felt very honored to see two of these science fiction icons um, be in the same room as them and hear them speak. So that's a geek experience I'll treasure forever. And um, if I ever get a chance to see any of the other remaining cast members, that's something I would not take lightly and hope to get a chance to do. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I've uh, I've met and seen Shatner a couple, a few times, and it is I mean, you know, I know he's got his detractors, but usually it's, it's a, it's an experience that's not, you're not going to forget. Like, it's just like he has, he has that 
element. He has that aura to him. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's awesome. Um, I have not, I've seen him in person, but I've never actually got a chance to meet uh, George Takei. Um, but uh, yeah, they are. And it's just a reminder that, you know, for those people, um, you know, it's <laughs> uh, see your, see your heroes before they, yeah. before they, before you can't. Um, yeah. You know, that's a, that's a definitely good to take that opportunity to see those people. Uh, there's not too many people left, not too many of the original crew left. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. that's very cool. Very cool. Um, as far as me, my favorite geek out moments, um, were very personal to me, um, and, uh, very special. I got, uh, I got published in, in two things and it wasn't self-published. I've had a lot of struggles self-publishing my, my books this year. We're not going to go into all of that nonsense, but, um, there's a lot of reasons for it, but, um, I'm trying, I'm going to, you know, that is still a goal for 2024, but 2023, I had the pleasure of being invited to participate in a couple of different projects. One was to do the introduction to, um, Polynesian Pulp, which is an art book by, uh, Robert Jimenez, a great artist and friend of mine. And then also to, uh, have an essay, uh, in, in galloping across the cosmos, speaking of Star Trek. And my love for my love, I, I don't think that there's any other franchise that has made more of an impact on me. Any other pop culture thing that has made uh, uh, an impact on my life as much as Star Trek has. And the, the, the opportunity to voice that and, and, and sort of be appreciative of that and celebrate that was one that I couldn't pass up and I was glad to be involved. There's a lot of great talent involved with this book as well. Um, so, uh, you know, I've, it's always been a dream of mine to have my name on something related to Star Trek. Granted, it would be nice if it was official. This is not an official publication by Paramount or anything, but, um, uh, but don't worry, we didn't break any trademark mark or copyright rules. So it's still valid. Um, and it's basically from a fan's perspective, uh, which at the end of the day is, is, is what I, you know, is, is I'm glad to talk in, in that, in that sense, because I'm a big fan of Star Trek, the original series. And uh, it's still, I think about it all the time. Like I said, there's still elements of it that hit me when I was young that I still um, uh, am finding are part of my being uh, more so than anything else. So, uh, so that was really special for me. That is really uh, awesome. awesome. And I'm glad yeah. you hit those goals that you set out for yourself. That's very awesome. Yeah. It was the first, and these are the first time I've been published by somebody else in a long time. And so that's always nice to, you know, get that pat on the back, not to mention the check. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not a big check, but you know, um, and there was some other great moments too that happened this year. So, um, you know, it wasn't a total wash. Um, I don't know if anybody has anybody else, anything else that they want to mention for, Something that else. was a geek out moment, um, hearing uh, Lucasfilm announce that there's going to be a new movie starring Daisy Ridley. Now, I will add the caveat that Disney has announced a lot of movies uh, for Star Wars that have just kind of ridden off into the sunset. But as a big fan, um, Ray is a character that's really personal and special to me as a fan. Um, I 
have way too many Ray cosplays and will be eagerly waiting, making a new one. So out of all the movies Lucasfilm has announced, um, I really hope they go through with this one. But even that announcement brought me a lot of joy. So please, please don't let me down. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll be we'll be talking about, you know, we're almost ready to talk about what we're looking forward to in 2024. So uh, so I'm sure that'll that the more stuff like that will come up. Um, and I'm really hopeful for a lot of things in 2024. But before we do that, uh, we need to talk about our least favorite geek out moments uh, in 2023. And uh, I'm just going to start and say. We lost two members of the Air Station. Workers. This is mine too. <laughs> Again. Um, and I mean, it, we, there's no, no escaping. There isn't. You know. A lot of people uh, don't know the second losing, one. So, so right. if you want to talk about it. Uh, losing, losing Darren Noel earlier this year. And then Scott Vigay just a couple weeks ago. Not even a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's still fresh. Um, and, uh, they were both unexpected, um, and, uh, they were both valued members of this network and of this show and of what I do really, uh, whether I was on a panel with them or on a podcast with them or talking to them offline, online, no matter what, uh, they enriched, they both enriched my life. Um, and uh, it's it's going to be difficult going forward without them. Uh, it has been difficult going forward without them. I mean, I understand as we get older, you know, people pass us by and it's just, but um, yeah, this was really, this was a really challenging year. Uh, not only for Station One, but particularly for the Dragon Con report. Uh uh, and you know, uh, it's just one of those things that I, you know, I couldn't really, when I thought about like this category, I couldn't think of really anything else. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just like, I mean, it's just this, this kind of loss is like ones that you can't replace. No, very much so. And everything we do going forward is, is in honor of those two gentlemen. Oh, very much so. Scott has, you know, passed away for a lot of folks who do not know. Dr. Scott, uh, also known as Dr. Geek on the network, uh, had been an integral part of ESO since the very beginning of the network. He was the one who helped me form ESO Network. It was his idea for us to do a network. And it basically blossomed from there. And Scott and I were fairly close. You know, he has, of course, best friends and everything. But Scott and I talked at least once or twice a week. And either on the phone, on Facebook, or email. Because he was also a member of the ESO board. He was also, you know, he was my idea person that I was able to throw ideas on for the network. Ideas for... Um, podcast ideas and he and I actually were working on a couple new projects that were going to come to ESO network in 2024 and you know we'll see where those land now but Scott passed away in his sleep right after Christmas he was in Hawaii with his wife Debbie visiting her parents mm -hmm. and he wasn't feeling well 
And basically he went to go take a nap and he never woke up basically. And Scott's had health issues. You know, it's very well known. I'm not telling anybody anything out of the ordinary. Um, Scott basically has been in and out of the hospital. He's had, you know, therapy, he's had surgeries and over the time we've known him, it's because we've known him over um, probably 12 years now. And it's, you know, he's, you know, one of the most brilliant people I ever knew. Um, you know, you ever had a topic, a career in, with the letter A in the front of it, archaeologist, attorney, you know, he, he did that for, you know, he's done that for a living. And he, you know, he is a doctor. You know, it was never a joke that he was Dr. Scott, right? Yeah. Two, two PhDs. PhDs. Exactly. Two PhDs. He was also wow. a fencing champion. And, you know, a lot of people don't know that. Um, and it was just, you know, took me by surprise. And we actually found out right in the middle of recording Earth Station Who last week. And so, you know, it was heartbreaking to find out about that. And... He, you know, he's going to, it's going to be hard to, you know, think about ESO without Scott part of it. And Darren, we found out literally five minutes before we were supposed to record an episode of the Dragon Con report. And it was so weird. I guess you know you're podcasting a lot when you hear about people passing. Exactly. Exactly. And it was just, you know, Darren has always been there. Darren, you know, was, you know, he was part of the reason I started at Earth Station One because I used to hear him on the Legion of Substitute Podcasters. And, you know, and I, when I found out he was in Atlanta, I reached out to him about, you know, finding out about his views on podcasting and, you know, getting him involved with Earth Station One. And he's been with Earth Station One since episode six, you know, was the first, his first appearance. And so, you know, it was pretty heartbreaking to find out about, you know, his passing. And it's just weird. Like Mike said, we're at the age now where people are not going to be with us all the time. And it's just, you know, parts of your heart are ripped out because of it. And it's not fun. And as I like to say, the world is not as bright without either of those two gentlemen in in it. You know, we found a picture of one of the ESO meetings we did at Dragon Con, and both of them were in the picture with Angela Pritchett. And mm-hmm. it was just like, I got choked up seeing it and everything, knowing that both of them are no longer with us. But luckily, Angela still is. So the geek girl is still <laughs> thriving. So it's, it's a good thing for now. For oh, now. Dude. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I know, oh, I know that dude. was awful. Oh. That was awful. I was trying to lighten the mood. Oh, yeah. I know, I, I was know, trying to go did. there, but, but anyway. both will be missed, and that for me was my most disappointing real life moment. And yeah, not just of the podcast, no, not just just, of, like, just of life, exactly. You know I mean? And it's a kick in the nuts, basically. And you know, it yeah. it's led to some decisions for me. And again, spoilers. We'll be talking about that in a little bit. So. We, uh, we lost, uh, I lost, uh, I mean, lost some family members this mm-hmm. year as well. Some friends of the family, et cetera, et cetera, other friends. So, um, that, you know, I mean, 
I try, I, I, I try to note when, a, when someone passes, whether it's a celebrity friend or someone who inspires me in some way, mm-hmm. whenever they pass to do some sort of tribute on, on social media. And I counted them up and I did 85 of them this year. Wow. Um, and that's a, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, it's weird how it seems to come in waves too. Like there's times yeah. where it's like, Oh, I go through like almost a month and I don't do one. And all of a sudden it feels like I'm doing one every other day. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it is part of life that we're all going to lose people. Um, and you know, the best we can do is honor them going forward. Um, and, uh, we're definitely going to do everything we can. I am going to do everything I can personally and podcasting wise to honor those, those, the mm-hmm. memories of Scott and, and, uh, Darren mm-hmm. as well. Um, Ashley, I, uh, you know, I know you didn't work with either one of the gentlemen too, too often. Uh, so, um, but I know it affected you as well. And, uh, was there, I don't know, is there anything else that you sort of thought of when you thought of this category? Yeah, well, I think you, when you think about losing someone that's close to you, really puts in perspective. I know as geeks, sometimes it's easy to get caught in a negative cycle or to complain about franchises like, oh, the MCU wasn't as good this year or Disney's having an off year. But I think um, tragically, things like that remind us that there's something more important. Like even in fandom, maybe your favorite franchise is not doing so hot at the moment, but you have the friends and the connections that you made along the way and that's going to stay with you. So I, I think that's something that's good to be mindful of heading um, into the new year at a certain sense. Like these are just movies, TV shows. What really matters is the power of the story, how it inspires us and how it connects us to um other people. And I, I know we've talked a lot about uh, Disney having an off year this episode, but that's something I really hope, hope that company is able to refocus on because I think at its heart, you know, Disney is about like happiness and magic, something for everyone. And I hope that as a company, they're able to get back to that a little bit, just with um, going to the parks is too dang expensive. Um, it should be more accessible for general people to be able to go with their friends or family and, um, some of their movies are just kind of missing that special sense of spark and inspiration. So um, that's something that I'm kind of hopeful, hopeful for um, in the new year and going forward. I can definitely see that. Well said. That's a great way. Yeah. Hopefully they well can said. write their ship. as I like to say. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. So let's pivot then. Um, and, and, and on that note, let's, uh, you know, talk about things that we're looking forward to. Um, in in 2024, we're in it now. Guess what? We're in it now. It's 2024. The future. Where's is my now. flying car? Damn it! Uh, uh, Ashley, what do you look forward to? Well, obviously, I know everyone knows I'm going to say this, but say you and your, you you your four letter yeah. words. I know. Yes, like Dune. I feel like I've been waiting forever for part two of this movie, but I'm. Super excited to um, get to see it, and um, yeah, hopefully it's all that has, um, all the hype I've been building up to it, but excited to see that. Also really excited about the return of House of the Dragon, Um, really looking forward to that. And then um, in real life, um, my regional con, Playmate Comic Con of Kansas City, 
is celebrating its 25th anniversary, and they have just been getting some amazing guests. Um, Ian McDermott, who played the Emperor in Star Wars, is yeah. going to be there. Um, Paul Bettany, Vision, is going to be there, and they're still making guest announcements. And um, I just love going to the con, just that communal experience, getting to be with other fans and... Um, just even if you don't get to see any celebrities, just I always try to pick up a piece of geek artwork and get it signed by the artist. So um, I'm really excited to see what special fun they have uh, for their 20th, 25th anniversary. So if you're in the Midwest region, um, Kansas City, and who knows, maybe we'll see Taylor Swift there this year. She is dating one of the Kansas City Chiefs players. So who knows? You you may see Taylor Swift at Planet Comic Con. Now so all the Swifties are going to show up day. and take the rest of the tickets. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, just, today. just start spreading that rumor and man, yes, good luck getting in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I love, want them to sell lots of tickets so they're continuing to have the uh, more and more for the con, but I also would like to be able to walk through the aisles and there to be some traffic flow. So, yeah, not if all the Swifties are there. Uh, Mike, what about you? Anything specific that you're uh, looking um, forward to this year? Yeah, new, like uh, Geekdom. Wise, you know, I'm looking forward to the new Ghostbusters movie because I love the last one they did. And I'm very, very much curious to see what they're going to be doing with that. Um, looking forward to a few other movies, but I'm also looking forward to um, the conclusion to the new season of Fargo, which has been amazing. And also for all mankind. And also I'm ready for the second half of the season of season two of quantum leap, which has been fabulous and everything. So geek wise, you know, that type of stuff I'm very much looking forward to. And also shooty's first season as the new doctor, which, which will Absolutely. be in May, hopefully knock on wood. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> but I'm also personally, I'm looking forward to a lot of new opportunities coming my way. Um, a lot of stuff that is going to be happening. A lot of new projects, one or two of them that I had planned with Scott um, had to is going to be on pause for right now, obviously. But you know, we'll see if we can respark them or whatever. And you know, also expansion of the ESO network. We've got a lot of different things coming our way, and so you know, we got a lot of great stuff coming for twenty twenty four. Absolutely, yeah. There's some there's some good stuff to be sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I am definitely looking forward to uh, Dune, the second part of Dune as well. Um, also looking forward to um, uh, some other sequels and and you know franchise movies as well. I mean, those are the the Furiosa movie. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, looks pretty interesting. I think. Um, but um, one of the things I noticed was that, uh, you know, when you you recently you posted like a sort of a chart of like the 2024 big, big movies that are coming out. And out of the, I don't know, 2025 of them that were listed, uh, they were all part of franchises. They were all um, big, big movies that were franchises, except for three of them. Three of them were big movies, but they were original, uh, at least in some concept. Um I'm also looking forward to, like I said, all of those um, remakes as well. Uh, there's a remake of Nosferatu coming out as well as uh, Guillermo del Toro's doing Frankenstein. Uh, but um, looking at that list and, and especially seeing people respond to it, there's a lot of big, you know, there's a lot of people responding to it in ways like, hey, 
you know, Hollywood hasn't learned. There's just no new ideas. They're just doing reboots and rehashes of stuff and, you know, and sequels and everything like that. Um, I, 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 I did a a sort of a, a, another post on it because I, I was looking into it and I was like, you know, everybody thinks that original movies are dead. Everybody thinks that Hollywood just comes out with um, franchise movies. And that is not true. Um, it is not true. And uh, there are a lot of movies coming out just in the first half of the year that are original movies and um, not part of franchises. And I think those demand support as well. If you support those, guess what? You get original, more original movies. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's one of those things that people are like, well, I don't, you know, I don't see a lot of original movies in theaters. Um, they don't, they don't seem to make them or release them. And it's not true. They do. Um, you just have to look a little, as Ashley was pointing out early, you have to look harder mm-hmm. to find them sometimes. Find independent um, theaters, folks. But, and, and if people are like, well, you know, I'm not going to pay $15 or $20 to see a movie that I'm not really sure about. Well, if you think that uh, if you're not going to pay that much to see a movie you're not sure about, think about it. Studios are not going to pay $100 million to make a movie that nobody's going to see, that they're not sure that people are going to see. So they like to go for the safe bet. So I feel like there's a lot of interesting movies coming out in the next, like, in the next year that are scheduled to come out next year. Um, I'm not saying support all of them. Uh, but I, I am going to try to support as many of them as I can. Um, because, you know, as far as like whether or not a movie belongs on the big screen, I think there's no better place to see a movie than on the big screen. Um, and I'm hoping to catch many of these on the big screen and, uh, and help support them and tell, cause that's, that's what you have to do with your dollars is tell them that you want to see more original content and I think if more people did that, we would get more original content. So I hope that people find something out there that's not part of a franchise that they will take a chance on. Um, and I hope more people do that. And uh, I'm certainly wanting to do that this year. Cool. So um, and then personally, um, as far as uh, my own publishing efforts goes, uh, I'm really going to push myself hard to get uh, a lot of things done this year regarding that. Um, I've got a lot of ambitious uh, projects to try to complete this year. Um, and, uh, you know, if even half of them are are, are completed, I think that's, that's going to be pretty good and probably be one of the best years I've ever had that way. So I know some people are waiting for some things from me. Uh, they are the first things on the list. So they should be out um, and finished uh, and completed um, within the first part of this year, uh, maybe even this month. Um, but uh, yeah, just watch this space, and there'll be there'll be more stuff coming. So, so I'm happy. I'm I'm hoping to get back on track that way as well. So that does it as far as this year in the <laughs> geek seat, the highs and the lows. We had some pretty good, joyous highs, had some pretty devastating lows, but you know what? That's almost every year, every calendar year. Um, So uh, I'm hopeful for 2024. I'm really hopeful that that everybody out there has a great 
2024. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, nervous energy <laughs> out there about this year. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it's an election year, <laughs> so so that's uh, that's that has is going to have its own set of challenges that uh, everybody's going to have to be dealing with, but. Um, there's a lot of like really great opportunities out oh, there. Oh, very much so. And, um, you know, uh, I hope, uh, I hope everybody has a really great and safe next year. Um, because it's, because we need it. We all do. We all totally need a good year. And you know what? We need great things to happen. So it's pretty cool. So fingers crossed, everybody. <laughs> so uh are we doing shout outs or how show. we let's closing close this up out? The show. let's close up this darn show and put 2023 to exactly. bed so guess what folks absolutely that's it for this year we're done we are through want to thank everyone for joining us tonight this has been a fun episode and you know what it's always great to talk to these two fine people. I enjoy talking to these guys. And it's going to be interesting of the next coming months and everything. I want to thank Ashley for everything she's done for us in 2023. You have been wonderful. I couldn't say enough positive things about you. And it's awesome to see how much you've grown with the show over the last couple of years and everything. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I, to get kind of sentimental for a moment, it really has meant a lot to me when I think about the very first episode, how nervous I was and made maybe like five sentences, just, just how it's really helped me grow, grow in confidence and then think about movies and see some movies I never would have gone to see. Like I probably never would have gone to see Mad Max Fury Road if it wasn't for the podcast turned out to be one of my favorite movies of the year and just getting to see classic movies. So I felt like it's really helped me grow as a person and as a geek. So I always appreciate that. Well, it's not even that. I'd love to see you. You've become a mother twice and congratulations on yes, that. Yes. It's not to get personal, but I am so proud of you. You know, everything you're doing. Thank you. I'm, I'm really excited to uh, pass on my geekdom and even my daughter is just two and a half, but to see her kind of get into her own fandoms, like Frozen is not my most favorite thing personally, but just like seeing her joy and, you know, how interested she's in it. It's like, oh, I think this is my daughter's mm -hmm. first fandom. So it's kind of fun. So um, we're looking for, and then um, she w had a phase where she was enamored of Spock. She saw some of the original episodes and then was just thought about Spock a lot. So I'm really excited to get to share some of that geek stuff going forward and group, group cosplays. Hopefully I'm excited about there that you too. Go. So coming I'm, soon. Plan. I'm just, in, I'm just impressed that you're able to find time to squeeze us in. Amen, I mean, brother. Like, that's not, Amen. I mean, <laughs> I, I know that. I know that's not, not easy to do. So uh, thank you for uh, allowing us uh, mm -hmm. the time. I remember uh, how hard it was year. with one, so. and you have two now. So <laughs> exactly. You know. So, but I guess I guess you know it's twice as much she'll need. Uh, exactly. Exactly. 
it, it is nice to talk with fellow adults about uh, topics other than like Frozen and is it snack time yet? So well, when we nice find some adults, mm-hmm. we'll try to get them. We'll, for send, them here, we'll send them to Kansas. <laughs> you know. We'll send so. them to Kansas. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll serve as the next best thing. Yes, that that works. No, it's awesome. <laughs> but thank you. Anything you want to shout out about? Um, just, uh, yeah, I hope everyone has a great 2024. Um, take care of yourselves, everybody, mentally, physically, emotionally. Look out for other people in, within your fandoms and communities. You never may never know who's struggling. So, um, yeah, just just take extra time to do that and don't don't argue with people on the internet about um, stuff and just take that energy and time and help other people instead. I love that. That's awesome. That is really, really good. And Mr. Mike, we've made it through another one, my friend. We did. We made it through another episode. We made it through another year. Yes, we have. This is going to be starting of our 14th year. That's amazing. As always, it's my pleasure uh it's uh you know it's 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 good to as you point out no matter what things are going on around the world and no matter what like we're talking about whether we really loved it or not or whatever it's always fun to come Mm -hmm. and discuss it very much and that's been uh that's that's always a great thing to do so having the opportunity to do that continuously has been uh very much so anything you want to shout out about sir well, uh, yeah, I'm just going to shout out to everybody out there that we love you. Um, and uh, it's it's so great to have this community and be part of this community. And uh, there's it's going to be it's there's, like I said, a lot of nervous energy out there going into 2024. But uh, I have faith in 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 the community. I have faith in my friends. I have faith in our listeners. I have faith in our viewers. Um, that, uh, you know, they're, that, that they'll do like, that they will show compassion and that, uh, they will do, you know, dare I say the right thing, but, um, but more than that, you know, uh, they'll, they'll reach out. We're all brothers and sisters really. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we might be a dysfunctional oh, family. God, yes. <laughs> oh God. Yes. <laughs> But we're still family, and I love my I love my Earth Station. Oh, and we all love you, sir. And you know, Earth Station One puts the D in dysfunction, so it's perfect with that. <laughs> and it's always great with that. Um, the big announcement that we've been hinting at for throughout the show, and I've been touching on a little bit. I've decided I'm going to be taking a little bit of a break from Earth Station One for a little bit. Um, after 741 episodes, after 13 and a half years and without missing a week and we, we've missed one week, we missed one week and that's just when my mother-in-law passed away and I just couldn't do a show that week. It just wasn't feasible. I didn't think Judy would really appreciate me, you know, at the side of the funeral going, hold on, hold on. I've got to watch this movie. So, you know, I hope you don't mind. So we took a break that one but that was the only time we've missed it but we've made put in bonus episodes we put in a lot of extra stuff over the years and i think it's time to put a break on it for a little bit see where fandom's going to be standing see where we're going to be standing see what 
you know, we're going to be doing with everything. Mike and I are still going to be working together. We've got still Earth Station Who going on. We have, you know, some, you know, Earth, other ESO stuff that we've got working. And, you know, we're not going away by any means. Mike is still going to be doing the Dragon Con report starting at the end of this month. And, you know, so mm -hmm. ESO is not going anywhere. Just Earth Station 1 is going to be put on hold for a bit. We don't know how long the break is going to be. We don't know when we're coming back, but we will come back. As I said in my quote, we will be back in some form. We don't know if it's going to be the same format, if it's going to be, you know, I know it's going to be Mike and I, but it's, you know, and Ashley's going to be involved with it, of course. And, you know, that's, we're not going to be doing that, but it's just going to be whenever we could decide to come back. I might throw up every once in a while, like, you know, once a month or something, an old episode or something just so you guys can hear stuff. And, you know, you might hear voices from the past that we haven't heard from a while. We ha I have 13, you know, I have 785 episodes of bonus <laughs> stuff and, you know, outtakes and stuff like that that I can put together for us, you know, that will probably still go up there. So, you know, the YouTube channel is still going to be up. The, you know, you know, and I'll probably throw up, maybe even for the first time, we'll throw up videos or something of older episodes, you know, and that just means I have to edit more. But anyway, you know, it's just, it'll be, it'll be fun. There's going to be stuff out there. We're not disappearing, but new stuff is going to be put on hold for a bit and personal reasons why I'm doing this. Um... And I talked to Mike about it. You know, I went to him first about it. I just didn't spring it on him this week. Same thing with Ashley. You know, I, you know, I talked to her and I didn't, didn't pull a Ziggy no, Stardust. Exactly. <laughs> this is not only the last show we'll do our, this year, but this well, is the last show we'll ever do. Good night. Good night. And, you know, <laughs> good luck, you know, everybody. <laughs> Kiss your ass yeah. goodbye. No, uh, yeah. No, we're not doing that. Earth Station One will be around in right. some form or another. That's that's a given. You know, I love doing this stuff. I love talking geekdom. You know, I wouldn't have done this. And I'm still creating new shows. We have a new podcast coming to the ESO Network, or Station Boo, which I'm executive producing. So we have a whole brand new horror podcast coming. So, you know, and then I'm still doing Tales from Hollywood Land. I'm still, you know, there's other pro a couple other projects I can't legally talk about yet that I'm working on and, you know, it's going to be a ton of fun if it happens and when it happens. So, you know what, we got a lot of good stuff coming folks. So just keep, you know, an eye on stuff. And, you know, we figured the beginning of 2024 was a good stopping point for us. So 2024, you know, is going to be good. Please keep on sticking out with the ESO network. We got some great folks there, a ton of great shows. And we got some, you know, great stuff in going in the Facebook group, going in the, you know, all the different places, you know, we have. We have Instagram and stuff. We got rid of our Twitter because Twitter's a, a, a train wreck as it is. <laughs> but, <laughs> and so, you know what? I don't, I'm not worried. Elon Musk is not going to be sponsoring our show. So 
I'm really not worried about that. (laughs) I would also uh, throw this out there too. While um, we will not be coming to you on a regular basis uh, as frequently, um, obviously uh, during the sabbatical, um, and we we will miss you guys terribly. By the way, Um, we will definitely miss doing this. It's not something that we're just doing it because we we're not we're sick of it or anything. It's just we really enjoy it. But there's other things that are. There's other, uh, I know, I'm just saying it, but um, uh, but there's other things that demand our attention at this time. And we thought it would also would be a good time because sometimes you can't really look at something and and take the next steps um, with while you're doing it. You know, we've been on this race or in this run for consecutive run for a decade now, mm-hmm. over a decade. And I think the only way that we can we can retool it to something better and move to the next level is by by taking a sabbatical, taking a look at it from the outside and going, okay, now what, you know, how can we how can we come back better than ever so that we we honor everybody who listens to us, everybody who's been on the show. Um, and as I pointed out before, you know, the people that are no longer able to do this show. Um, so it, it's a good opportunity for us to to come back better than ever. Um, and because, you know, just because we are not hearing from you on this show uh, during this time, that doesn't, I mean, I'm sorry, did I, no. did I mess that up? Yes. Just from because us. you're not hearing yeah. from us. Yeah. Right. Just because you're not hearing from us during this time. No. You can edit that, right? Um <laughs> <laughs> just because you're not hearing from us doesn't mean we don't want to hear from you, uh, whether it's through our social media, as Mike pointed out, or send us an email. That's not like closing. That. If None got... of that's closing up. Right. So um, if you've got ideas or things that uh, you're concerned about or that ways to improve the show or anything that you want to that's on your mind. We're always open to feedback. We've been, you know, and and that's not going to change while we're while we're not actually producing mm-hmm. episodes. So feel free to reach out to us on hey, all Mike, those. I just things. received an email. Um, Someone wants to ha- us to have Earth Station One featuring Ashley Pauls every week. <laughs> every week, every week. <laughs> She's not you, Dad. No. <laughs> probably. No. But, probably. Yeah. You know what? I would. Si- I would sign up for that. So you know, yeah. it's it's interesting because I've been podcasting since 2007. That's a long time, folks. And everything. You know, as people say, you know, I've been podcasting before. You know, podcasting was cool, and now everybody and their brother has a podcasting. And one of the things we need to look at and everything is how can we stand out from the rest? What makes us, you know, doing that? And like Mike said, we can't do that while we're doing a weekly show and everything. We have to see what can we contribute now to geekdom? What can we do that? And it's interesting, too, because on the latest uh, Fat Man Beyond, uh, Kevin Smith said something very similar. He's thinking about stepping away from some of his shows. And, you know, because he's like saying, what can I bring to the shows anymore and everything, you know, because as I always say, like when we do our podcast panels, when we do our shows, anyone with a phone nowadays can do a podcast. That's how easy it's gotten. But it has to be quality. And that's the thing. And, you know, we try to pride ourselves on quality on the show. And 
that's one of the things we need to reevaluate, you know, what we're going to do to improve it. And, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. You guys don't see that we do to the shows and everything, editing and promoting and, you know, creating graphics and artwork and, you know, all this different stuff, contacting guests, trying to fish for people to get it in everything. And you know what? It's going to be interesting to see what we come back with. And like I said, we will be back just, you know, we might have a different face on. So you never know. We'll re we, we will be regenerating into something different. <laughs> Not to quote the doctor on that. All right. So, folks. I'm being, I'm being replaced mm -hmm, by makes, Shibigawa. You know how much our ratings would go up if we were replaced by Shibigawa? <laughs> oh, I know. I know. You know. I know. I should be oh, so lucky. You and me both, my friend. You know, finally we get advertisers. <laughs> what do you mean? It would be awesome. You know what, folks? We love you guys. And you know what? We wanted to, we didn't want to just disappear. We just, we just wanted to, you know, talk to you guys about it at the end of the show. All right. Here's the spiel. Thanks for listening to the Air Station One podcast. Always remember, we couldn't do this without you. And we do mean that from the bottom of our hearts. If you want to support the podcast, please check our T Public store. We've got great stuff up there. We've got stuff from our different shows. And I'm, working on i am working on new designs that are going to be coming up still so you know one one or two of them already been thrown out by t public because you know they were quotes from other tv shows and stuff like that and they said sorry licensing can't put it there i didn't even know you couldn't put a tardis on a t-shirt damn it so who knew that <laughs> but definitely Technically, yeah, just a exactly. box. Like, think, isn't think, that public domain? I, I think. Uh, I think. Exactly. I'm going to be putting all Steamboat Willie. on all our T-shirts. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> let's go ahead and mess yeah, with that exactly. big corporation. Kick exactly. them when they're down. So you can find our yeah. own public store <laughs> up on our, our Station One site. You could also find it on ESO Network, and you know, it's a great way to, you know. Show your freak flag fly, as they like to say, by having ESO Network on your your chest or on your coffee cups. Mike has an awesome Earth Station One coffee mug and everything, so it's pretty awesome. So definitely you can check it out. We also wanted to say thank you from the bottom of our heart to all our patrons. You know what? We've got a great crew of patrons up there. And, you know, Jerry Chandler and... Barbara Ogle and, you know, many other people up there who, you know, have been supporting us over the years. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you know what, you know, it, why not help us out still? Because the rest of the shows need help too. You know, ES or ESW, you know, Cigar Nerds, you know, Earth Station Boo, Dragon Con Report. Exactly. You know, they really need all the help they can get. So. Definitely, definitely check them out. And you know what? Why not join the patron? Go to patreon.com slash ESO network. You could always leave us feedback over anytime. Feedback at earthstation1.com. Remember, you could also find earthstation1 wherever fine podcasts are found. We're still going to be having our shows up there, folks. They're not going anywhere. And our YouTube channel is still going to be going on. So please watch, like, subscribe. And if you've made it this far into our rant tonight, you know what? Thank you so much. And give us a chance. Like and subscribe, as we always like to say. There will be new stuff coming. So 
if you subscribe, it'll say, Earth Station One's back. Awesome. You know, so it'll be very cool to do. As always, if you made it this far, thank you as always. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, you've been a treasure to work with all these years. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Ashley Pauls, same goes for you. 2024 is going to be a big year for us, folks. So don't give up on us yet. We will be seeing you soon. Peace. And we are gone. Bye, guys. Peace. Join Cletus Jacobs and I every week as we dive deeper into the dawn of DC. We review DC comics, television, movies, and more. We're excited to finish the final season of Doom Patrol, return to Sweet Tooth for its second season, and check out the Netflix series Bodies. Get all your DC news on the Earth Station DCU podcast, part of the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.